0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Fantasy football leagues. Then you've come to the then right place. To the right place.
1: You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast.
0: Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, what's going on, everybody? I'm Faraz. Here with Zach. Uh, we're gonna go over our wide receiver rankings, our tight end rankings We, we started a little bit late today. I apologize uh, <laughs> I woke up well, I had a rough night first of all. I got two sick kids both my daughters <laughs> not feeling well today, both of them are home from school had a really rough night with one of them. Uh, just she just couldn't sleep all night. she was sick and you know I had to kind of you know handle that and deal with her I'm that type of dad where like when anything goes wrong, when it comes to like the kids being sick i'm so hands-on you know i don't know what it is man I, I think maybe the way that my mom was i have no clue i have no but when it comes to that stuff everything goes out of the window i'm even worse than my wife than than their mom <laughs> like i'm so i'm I'm just like on it i'm like all right this is what this is what they're gonna eat the rest of the day this is what they're gonna you know what i'm saying like i'm just all about yeah. it but you know it is what it is so uh you know the morning was kind of crazy but we're here now uh, cause uh, we have to get through these wide receiver rankings, these tight end rankings to make sure that you guys uh, are good to go going into tonight's game, you know, going into the weekend. Um, but first real quick, Zach, just about tonight's game. You know, it looks like Kenneth Walker is going to play yeah. and you know, this is a tough matchup. He's coming off the injury. They're listing him as questionable despite him, you know, l- being listed as a full participant in practice two days in a row. How are you dealing with this Kenneth Walker situation? You know, I think we had him ranked around like the RB20 ish uh, in yesterday's show. How are you dealing with this, man? Are you looking, are you actively looking for a replacement if you have Kenneth Walker?
1: I'm not, and it might be tempting because it is a 49ers, you know, but the Seahawks offense is pretty good, and like you said, he's a full participant. I'd be worried more if he was limited or there was some other type of designation during the week, but if he was a full participant in practice, you know, I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, we know what kind of talent he is. He's not just going to you know, completely leave you hanging, I don't think. If they have Kenneth Walker in the backfield, they should get back to running the ball a little bit more, especially with the game Geno Smith had last week. It's a primetime game, and these are two teams competing for playoff seating. So I think the Seahawks definitely have – I think there's more on the line for the Seahawks tonight than the Niners, but um, I-, I think that Seahawks can keep it close. It is still Brock Purdy at the end of the day. I mean, the Buccaneers offense isn't much of a measuring stick to see if, you know, the 49ers offense with Brock Purdy at the helm can keep pace um, with the team. So I, I think this is going to be more of a measuring stick for the 49ers in terms of that. Um, and I think that the Seahawks will be able to put up some points, even though the 49ers defense is good. I think Kenneth Walker is going to be a big reason why they would if they do end up putting up a lot of points. Because last week, like we saw, Geno Smith was all right. He threw the touchdowns, but he did have a couple picks. I think they're going to have a lot of help in the form of Kenneth Walker. And like I said... We know the type of talent he is. So I'm not worried about him. If you have him, start him. The matchup isn't great, but I'm treating him just like any other stud running back. You know, you don't you don't sit your studs. It doesn't matter what the matchup is. I think he's going to be fine.
0: So do you think that his ranking of RB20 that we had him at is too low at this point? Now, he, I don't think he, here are the guys. He, let me just talk about the guys that we had ahead of him. Yeah. Right? So I'm starting at like 14. So we had James Conner, Isaiah Pacheco, Raheem Mostert, assuming... It looks like Jeff Wilson might end up playing, right? Yeah. And we might want to so move Raheem Mostert down, I would say.
1: He's a little up in the air. So we'll kind of like nix him from this
0: Yeah, discussion. let's see. Actually, let, let me take a quick look on Jeff Wilson's Wilson's practice status. He did not practice on Wednesday, and that's all we know for now. So so we don't yeah. know yet. So that's, I'll, we, I'll leave that as is.
1: We might get um, reports rolling in because we're a little bit later today. So we might get yeah, some that's reports true. on that's the true. show. And then
0: we have, we have Travis Etienne at 17, Zonovan Knight at 18, David Montgomery at 19, and then Kenneth Walker at 20, followed by Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, Jamal Williams, Brian Robinson, Deontay Foreman. Like, you know, if you have Brian Robinson, right, if you have Deontay Foreman, if you have Damian Harris, you know, we don't know if Vermont is going to be out or not. We would assume he is. Well, let's right. say you have Brian Robinson. Like, Are you are you tempted to play him over Kenneth Walker?
1: It might be easy, like I said, because of the matchup. I think that Kenneth Walker, having him ranked at 20, is conservative. I think he can outperform that pretty easily. Um, but we'll have to see how it goes, obviously. If you're thinking about starting Brian Robinson, I'll frame it up this way. We know Brian Robinson's going to get the workload, but he's not on as good of an offense. He's not really a guarantee to score a touchdown. So I think that limits his upside a little bit. He'll get the work on the ground. I think he's good for about 80 yards a week because they're handing it to him 18, 19 times a game. And he's been all right in the efficiency department the past few weeks where he wasn't, you know, earlier in the season. But I think Kenneth Walker, you know, he could house one anytime. That's the type of talent he is. And if you want upside in the first week of playoffs, I know it's Thursday. I know it's tempting. You know, you don't want to start the week off on the wrong foot. But I would start Kenneth Walker tonight over Brian Robinson if you have him.
0: Perfect, I love it, and I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think the upside is still going to be there. It could take any play for him to house one, right? Yeah. he's that type of talent. So I'm not going to overthink it. I don't want to just straight up bench him because he did get those full practices in. So I think your your analysis is spot on on that one. Um, right? So are you, are you going to feel yeah. better?
1: Are you going to feel worse if you start Kenneth Walker and he does poorly, or are you going to feel worse if you don't start him and he has a big game, especially first thing off oh, the with The latter. La- yeah. The latter, obviously. for sure. So definitely just start Kent kind of Walker tonight, guys. I mean, there <laughs> no, are safer
0: it's... options. Like, you know, yeah. if you're looking for safety, like he's not like the safe option, right? So, like no, if you not. have, you know, Brian Robinson, maybe like Deontay Foreman, maybe a little bit safer, but like not that much safer, you know. Like Rashad mm-hmm. White in a full PPR league. Like, again, we keep talking about this. 10 to 15 PPR points. Is that if that's what you want, Rashad White's yeah. probably good for that. Same thing with Fournette. Um, so yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So th- that's really what it comes down to. But I do think Kenneth Walker still has upside despite the matchup. Right. Um, now Tyler Lock and DK Metcalf, we're going to talk about them in this episode in the rankings. So we'll leave that for a little bit later. Uh let's see. We know uh, we're starting
1: Christian McCaffrey, but what do you think Christian of Brock Christian McCaffrey Ernie. on the other
0: side. I I am not considering him in a one quarterback league. Um, right. I, I got some questions around him, and I know that. You know, he's a little bit tempting, but just, we got to remember that he did run one in last week. So that's going to boost that fantasy, you know, score right. by a lot. So, in you know, we can't, you can't, we can't say that, oh, he's going to run one in like every week. And, you know, he didn't throw for that many yards. Like he played well, solid game manager type of role. And that's, I don't think that's going to be fantasy conducive, especially in, you know, the Seahawks aren't that bad of a, t- of a match, uh, of a defense when it comes to the passing right. game. So No Debo Samuel, you know, doesn't have as much help. He can get it done. He can throw two touchdowns, but not somebody I'm really looking to start, to be honest with you. Even in like a 14-team league, like he's not even in consideration.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's fair because this is the thing. Like you said, he did run that touchdown in, but at the same time, this is also still Brock Purdy. We know he's somewhat of a legend already because, you know, he's Mr. Irrelevant and he had a good game against Tom Brady, but they're still not going to be asking him to do more than they need him to. You know, it's not like they're going to be putting the game on his shoulders. They have Christian McCaffrey. They have these playmakers that they can get the ball in the hands of. They don't even have to go past the line of scrimmage with the ball. They could turn around and hand it to, you know, uh, obviously, Brent, uh, not Brent, not you, Debo Samuel was filling that role. But when you have the type of playmakers they have, you know, there's no reason to put it all squarely on Brock Purdy's shoulders. So I, I'd be worried a little bit, not worried, but I would think a little bit that the workload isn't going to be there that you're going to see with other top end QBs. But I know he is tempting because he had a good game last week.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Exactly. Um, Now, Alex Sandoval, what's up, dude, is asking, are you starting Walker over Fournette, Rashad White, or Zonovan Knight? Um, You know, like I said, uh, I I think Zonovan Knight, I'm playing over Walker regardless. And between Fournette and Rashad White, like, again, like if you need a 10 to 15 point PPR floor, if that's what you want, and you're cool with that, I'll play either of these two guys over Walker. Uh, I just think Walker has a little bit more upside. Um, that's how I would right. play it, you know. Um, so if you're cool with that 10 to 15 point floor, which I think is pretty doable, you know, for these um Tampa uh running backs, you know, a little bit of a tough matchup against Cincinnati. Uh, but they were able to get it done last week against the 49ers. Um, you know, and give you that floor that you were looking for. Um right. that's kind of how I would I would handle it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, the only one that I would consider maybe over Walker, like you said, is Donovan Knight. Um, yeah. I play for the upside, especially if I'm in the playoffs. So I would right. I would start Kenneth Walker. But yeah. um with Zonovan Knight, we we know what you're you know what you're gonna get with him. You know, he's had exactly. I think fifteen or sixteen points the past few weeks, and he's a sure thing, um, just because of his role so. in the offense.
0: I think so. And Master Makota is asking, would you put Ayuk in over Zonovan Knight? I would not. Um I would play Zonovan Knight over Brandon Ayuk, even with right. Debo out. Um, not the best matchup. The Seahawks have been solid. And I, I have Ayuk in my top 30, but he's like down at like wide receiver 20, 29, something like that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about him in a sec. If, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. go ahead. That's true. I was going to say about Brandon Ayuk, but we'll talk to him, talk about him uh, further on in the episode.
0: Cold DePetri is asking, pick two in a PPR. Walker, Dobbins, Judy, or Montgomery. Uh, I'm personally playing Judy and Montgomery over Walker this week because I really like Judy's matchup. It uh, looks like I, Russell Wilson's going to
1: play too. If Russell Wilson plays, I, I'd definitely be okay with Judy. Um, it's funny that we're saying that after one week where they were down <laughs> 27-0 and, you know, it was a lot of garbage time points. But still, you know, it, Judy looked good and Russell Wilson looked a little bit more like Russell Wilson. Um, and I think Montgomery is a clear pick. And of these four, you know, we know the type of workload that he's going to be getting with Cleo Her- Herbert still out. So I, I think that Montgomery is a safe pick. And Judy would be high upside. Especially, like you said, if Russell Wilson plays, it's close. I though, think Judy has a higher floor Walker. too.
0: I think Judy has a higher floor as well, especially since this is a full PPR question. Um, so yeah, those are, my, those are my two. Those are my two picks. Um, yeah, I think let, let's move on. So we talked about everybody. Obviously, starting McCaffrey. I think we talked about everyone else that's fantasy relevant in these games. Um, Gino, you know, you can start him. You know, I have him as a low end. You know, uh, you know, low end RB, low end QB two, QB one this week. You know, Brian mm-hmm. here is debating between him and Herbert. Definitely going to Herbert, dude. Um, yeah. You know, between Gino and him. So, yeah, uh, Herbert's okay. Um, I have him one spot above Mike White. And, like, you know, I would be tempted to play Mike White over Gino. Uh, but I think Gino can still get it done because there are some matchup advantages that, you can, that, that he could take advantage of. And we'll talk about that when we get to Metcalf and Lockett. Let's go ahead and get right into the rankings. Let's do it. So, at number one. Justin Jefferson against Indianapolis. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, you know, hasn't really been shut down or anything this season. A few number one wide receivers have done relatively well against the Colts this year, uh, especially lately. You know, CD wasn't really needed, right, like after Dallas blew out Indy, so like he could have had a bigger game if they really wanted him to. Uh, yeah. Still, he went for five for 71 in a touchdown against Dallas. Devonta Adams had a huge game against them in Week 10. Terry McLaurin in Week 9. You know, Jefferson is Jefferson. (laughs) He's going to be in line to have a very solid game uh, this week. And then Devonta Adams at two against New England. Uh, Jamar Chase at three against Tampa. It's possible that he's their only real healthy wide receiver. Uh, And and it's funny because like this is the complete opposite just a few weeks ago where he was the least healthy. Um, But, you know, this is a very solid matchup against Tampa. He had a 50% target share. Last week with Higgins and Boyd banged up. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes as the overall wide receiver one this week. If these two, if these other two guys are still banged up.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase. And, you know, for some receivers, you might say, oh, well, you know, he's going to be drawing the top coverage and they're going to be able to shut him down. I think they'll definitely do their best, you know, to kind of, they'll, they could actually have an opportunity to double team him this week and do what they need to do instead of leaving him out on an island because his competition. In the competition at wide receiver outside of that is Trent Irwin and um, Trent Taylor, the two Trents so people that you probably haven't even heard of. You're not, definitely not starting your lineup, but Jamar Chase, I still think he has that potential, you know, like you said, to finish his wide receiver one, because his connection with Joe Burrow is just off the charts. Uh, we saw it last week, like you said, with that high target share. Devontae Adams, he's been on and off, you know, obviously he's, he had that stretch of games before this last game where he was quiet, where he did very well, but Derek Carr does this thing where it just sometimes he doesn't look his way. He doesn't target Devonte Adams the way he should, you know. In a game, he had six targets last week. He caught three of them. All three of the catches were pre- they were pretty good, you know. You saw the one obviously where he, Jalen Ramsey had his eyes covered. Like I don't know what you're doing not throwing the Devonte Adams, but he, he should still be up here at two. I think Justin yeah. Jefferson is Justin Jefferson, like you said, so he'll be at one. Devonte Adams, it, it, I think it, either it of these seems... guys are liable. To finish at the, the top.
0: Devonte Adams thing, like it seems like an outlier game, you know. Like he had yeah. literally, he had like one, two, three, five straight games of just balling out, you know. So like he needed right. a game, one game to just like you know, you know, settle down a little bit. Now, you know, New England has given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers in terms of the, that number one wide receiver this year. They've gone off, so like I have no, I have no qualms about Devonte Adams as we kind of bounce it back to what we've been seeing. And then I got Amon I'm I'm on Ra at number four against the Jets. Um, you know, not the best matchup in the world, but if you're going to beat the Jets, uh, you'll beat them out of the slot. And that's where St. Brown runs most of his routes from. Uh, we've seen multiple slot wide receivers do their thing against the Jets this year. Uh, Christian Kirk, Jerry Judy, uh, Jacoby Myers, just to name a few. Um, and then I got AJ Brown at five against Chicago. They haven't let up a f- – ton of fantasy points to wide receivers this year they've been especially stout on that left side where aj brown runs most of his routes from uh but they have let up a little bit elsewhere you know i have devontae smith at number 23 overall this week for wide receivers and you know his matchup is better than aj brown's given the fact that he runs most of his routes from the slot and the right perimeter however it's aj brown A.J. Brown is capable of having a big ceiling beating any type of coverage at any point. So he's still going to be up here at number five.
1: Yeah. And it's like with these guys at the top, you know, the matchup obviously will help you make the determinations on, you know, how to rank them, I guess, overall. But with A.J. Brown, you know, he could finish his wide receiver when we've seen him do it many times. Jalen Hurts is balling Easily. out. Yeah, this is A.J. Brown we're talking about. Same with Amon Ross St. Brown. We know what he can do. I do like that he runs his routes out of the slot, you know, this week. Um, I know you watch more of the Jets games than I do, but I can't say. It seems like he's going to be avoiding sauce for the most part if he runs his routes in the slot. So that's good for him. And then that's just the thing. These top five guys, you know, they could fall in any order. They're all very talented. We saw A.J. Brown. There was 0. 0.0 yards of separation on that one catch against the Titans, and he's still caught. It's like, 100%. it doesn't matter the matchup. These guys are just going to get it done for you each week. Um, if they have a quiet week, you just kind of put it past you and you look forward to the next week with these guys.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Amara, like, he runs most of his routes from the slot, but, like, you know, he still runs, like, a solid, like, 40 to 45% of his routes, like, on the outside. Um, right. They do bunch these guys up a little bit, which is nice. That's what you want to see. Um, kind of similar to how the Rams do it. Uh, so, you know, he can still get it done, but just keep in mind that he will be going up against sauce, you know, and, and, uh, DJ Reed, you know, at times in this game. So maybe the ceiling isn't as high, uh, but you know, he's still somebody who can easily put up like, you know, nine catches for 120 and a touchdown. It it could happen this week too. I have CD line We
1: always predict for Amon Ross St. Brown. (laughs) Pretty much eight eight to ten catch range, like low to mid hundred yards, and then a touchdown seems to come along. It doesn't matter. Like you could talk about touchdown percent if whether he scores a lot of touchdowns or not, he does score a lot of touchdowns, but like he's catching so many passes, you gotta think at least one of them every week is gonna be a touchdown.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And he's been he's been stopped short of the goal line so many times this year. Yeah, at the one that's
1: part of why Jamal Williams has just been a touchdown machine. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, I got CD Lamb at six against Jacksonville. Uh, he's been running 60% of his routes from the slot this season. And Jacksonville has been especially bad against slot wide receivers. They've given up the second most fantasy points to them over the last eight weeks. Uh, do you expect this to be a little bit more of a competitive game? This game is in Jacksonville this week.
1: It'll be a competitive game. And I just have this feeling. I'm not saying it's because like. Oh, well, Dallas struggled against Houston, so they're gonna struggle against Jacksonville. It's a week to weekly, you know. Obviously these things happen. I think Dallas is a better team. I think they'll pull away eventually and win. I think it'll be comfortable like a 10-point margin. But I think for part of the game, you know, it'll be competitive enough, competitive enough that Dallas is gonna be throwing the ball. This Jaguars offense is not anything to sneeze at. You know, they can do what they need to do. They have playmakers on defense. Um I, I think that this should be a close enough game that you don't have to worry about CeeDee Lamb, you know, just being phased out by the second half. I think they're going to actually look to get him a little bit more involved after he was only targeted a couple times last week. He didn't do a whole lot. And obviously, that was a tough matchup against the Texans from a fantasy perspective. But Dak has been turning the ball over. This is like the one spot. This is what Dallas needs. They need to tune up for the matchup against the Eagles. And that's what everyone talks about, the Cowboys looking past this game. But I think they can use this game, uh, you know, get that final tune-up, get Dak back in a rhythm. And if he gets back in a rhythm, C.D. Lamb should be doing his thing because C.D. Lamb has been targeted heavily. Um he's targeted a lot before this last week where he was just quiet. So I think he'll get back on track. And I think having him at six makes sense.
0: I got Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill at eight in what looks like a snow game in Buffalo. You know, the weather yep. might suck. And if the weather does suck, like, you know, where do we cross the line? Like, where do we put that line of demarcation of like, okay, I'm going to start these guys over Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill. Um, I already have Jalen Waddle <laughs> pretty low this yeah. week. Uh, but That's not just because know, of the d- weather, though. Yeah. agreed agreed now here's the thing like if we know the weather's gonna suck right like you got studs and guys like Garrett wilson keenan allen christian watson i had these guys at at 9 10 and 11 like do we keep stefan Diggs and tyreek hill here or like are you playing the guys that i just mentioned over these two snow game guys
1: i'm leaving stefan Diggs, you know up above them this yeah. is the bills you know obviously they're used to playing in the cold and I like the quarterback situation for Stefan Diggs a lot more. Uh, I think the Bills are going to do much better in this game than the Dolphins are. Um, not a shot at Tyree Hill, but just Tua has not looked as good as he did at the beginning of the season. Obviously, he's on a bit of a cold streak. And to go into a cold stadium on a cold streak, it just doesn't sound good. There might be a little bit of a frostbite there for Tua, and he might not do a whole lot this week. So I, I think I would leave Stefan Diggs at seven. I would consider Keenan Allen. I would consider Garrett Wilson i maybe even consider Christian Watson, like you said, over Tyreek Hill. And it would be a consideration that I have. You know, you don't want to bench Tyreek Hill. It feels weird. No, <laughs> it feels I don't so weird. Think, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want to bench Tyreek Hill. But I will say that there might be merit in having a discussion with yourself or just making a decision that maybe like even a guy like Christian Watson, we've seen the upside that he has. He seems to be locked in for touchdowns maybe you just start him because he might not, even if he doesn't have as big a day as Tyreek Hill does, if Tyreek Hill is a big day, you're not going to be hurting that much. It might be a five-point difference. So I would have that conversation. Any of those guys you could justify, so I'd be okay starting any of them over Tyreek Hill, but the default for me would be Tyreek Hill. It would take, I'm not sure what it would take. Um, Eventually, it put me over the top, but it would be the snow. Well, I want to see, it's only seven inches. So I think yeah. that it might not be, That bad. It's not seven inches falling during game time. You know, they're calling for seven inches of snow. So it might just be a regular snow, and we've seen players get through that just fine. So for now, I'm starting Tyreek Hill over those guys, but you could definitely justify Wilson Allen or Watson over him. And
0: then, you and like have Christian Watson at 11 against the Rams, which is a great matchup, right? He lines up all over the place, and it just so happens that the Rams have sucked everywhere you know, regardless of where wide receivers are lining up uh, their bottom 10 in fantasy points given up from both perimeter spots left and right and the slot as well over the last eight weeks and the last four weeks, um, right. you know, and Keenan Allen, I have him at 10, you know, Tennessee is a lot more vulnerable to perimeter wide receivers, but I still expect Justin Herbert uh, to focus in on Keenan Allen. He's at 28% target share or more in three of his last four games. Uh, we saw Christian Kirk had a quiet game against uh, Tennessee last week out of the slot, as I expected. But Keenan Allen, he's different, right? I, I, yeah. I think he can overcome it, and I think he's going to get the target share regardless.
1: Yeah, I, I love Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. I don't really care what the matchup is. Lo- Justin Herbert, like I always say, I said this, I don't know how many times I've said this on the podcast. Justin Herbert is a different quarterback when Keenan Allen plays, and that bodes well for both of them. So, I, I think Keenan Allen, you could definitely have him. I think this might be a little bit conservative of a ranking. You know, against Tennessee, they're not a very good defense um, in terms of the past game. They've led up some big games to wide receiver ones. That's what Keenan Allen is. They have their full complement of weapons. They're going to be spread pretty thin in that secondary dealing with all these weapons. Josh Palmer's even emerged, as you know, a pretty good weapon uh, for the Chargers. So, I think that Keenan Allen could get it done, absolutely.
0: Casio Uch- Uch- Uchiha. Appreciate the super chat. Uh and we're getting into DK Metcalf right now, and you're gonna find yep. out why I like DK Metcalf more than Jalen Waddle. Um so we're going DK over Waddle this week. Yep. And then between golf and, and Mike White, I think both of us are going Mike White, right? Yeah, if
1: if it weren't for the Jets the matchup being golf yeah. matchup, you know, I I would say I would say golf because it's just I like the offense for the Lions more, just a little bit more than the Jets but of course yeah. so they're going to have a couple of their receivers locked up. If it's not going on, I'm on Ross St. Brown. I don't know who it's going to be going to. We've seen golf kind of struggle against good defenses. He's played two really good matchups these past few weeks and he's capitalized. So he does look good, but um, I think that white is the way to go here too. Yeah.
0: He struggled against pressure. He hasn't thrown many touchdowns in away games and yeah. And this is a really good defense. So I'm staying away from right. golf if I can this week. All right. Um, so let's see. So let's see. Who do I have? Okay. We're now, Tyler Despite Locked this, this tough matchup and what this looks like a tough matchup against San Francisco, you know, I have the dynamic duo of Tyler Lock yep. and DK Metcalf at 12 and 13. They're going to forever move together. Um, the 49ers, you know, they have been a little vulnerable in their secondary lately, especially on the right side uh, and the slot, right? We've been talking about the slot the whole time, but the right side has kind of opened up a little bit as well. And that's why I'm putting Tyler Lockett ahead of DK Metcalf this week because of the fact that his matchup out of the slot and the right perimeter where he runs most of his routes from is better than DK's, who runs most of his routes on that left perimeter. So it's been six games in a row now with Lockett with a Locket touchdown. It's been two games in a row for Metcalf. You know, this is one of the yeah. reasons why I'm not necessarily benching Geno Smith because both these guys can still go off.
1: Yeah, I'm not too worried about it either. You know, I think it makes sense to have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf here. Both of them pretty much borderline wide receiver ones. Um, And I think that makes sense. Take away uh, the matchup against Miami, right? And even then, Tyreek Hill got it done for the 49ers defense, I should say. Take away that matchup. These are the offenses that the 49ers defense have played. And the 49ers defense is very talented and they're Mm -hmm. very good. But just just listen to this. They play Tampa Bay. Is the Tampa Bay offense anything to be scared of really at this point? No. 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 Okay. How about New Orleans with Andy Dalton? they got shut out is that really a high-end offense no Nope. arizona with colt mccoy nope no los Angeles the chargers they were missing keenan allen and mike williams i think in week 10 right agreed these are the teams they've played they may not have faced an offense with the star power in a few weeks like the seahawks have tonight so i think you could get away with starting these guys the 49ers defense is good but I don't think they've been tested in a little while. So we might see them struggle a little bit tonight. I think this makes sense to have them at 12 and 13. Love it. Love it.
0: I got Chris Godwin at 14 against Cincinnati. Uh, we know his target shell will be there. Uh, Christian yep. Kirk against Dallas at 15. Chris Olave against Atlanta at 16. Atlanta has been low key impressive lately. You know, they've given up the least amount of fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. And they've they've been getting better like as the season has progressed in, in that department. Um right. I still like Olave this week, you know, but I initially thought that he was going to be a bit higher in my rankings this week until I started to look at the numbers and started doing a little bit of research for this week. I was like, oh, okay. Like I still like him. Obviously, he's at 16, which is higher than he's been at lately. Yeah. Um, But I I think he can still get it done against this Atlanta secondary.
1: Yeah, it's been a bit of a turnaround for Atlanta secondary at the beginning of the season. You know, AJ Terrell was getting picked on a little bit, but he seems like he's locked it down a little bit more these past few weeks. He's looked better and the Saints are coming off a bye. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Right. They're coming off a bye.
0: The Saints are. Yes. Yeah, yes. they're coming off a
1: bye. Sorry, I just thought for a second that I was saying crap. So <laughs> they are no, coming they off are. a bye. Yeah. So Chris Olave, we haven't seen him in a little bit. It feels like we've been a little bit detached from him. The weeks before, two weeks ago, we had him ranked as a what? Was it a low end wide receiver two, maybe a high end wide receiver like that. three, yeah, borderline
0: like wide receiver two. Yeah, yeah. So
1: this is a little bit higher than we have had him. It's true, but I think that they can get it done. This is going to be them playing against you know a rookie quarterback. We'll see how this offense goes. They've been quiet these past few weeks. Hopefully some adjustments come in and Chris Olave could get some more targets than he's had in the past few weeks. He hasn't been bad, bad, but you know, he hasn't been consistent enough to be started at this type of level where we haven't ranked, but I think he can get back to that this week.
0: I have DeAndre Hopkins here at 17 um, in a tough matchup against Denver and you know, it's that and the fact that Kyler Murray is out that makes him a wide receiver too at best and you know, hopefully this doesn't turn bad for colt mccoy this week um because it could turn bad <laughs> against his denver defense it's <laughs> yeah. possible um and then at 18 i have jerry judy in a great matchup against arizona they've given up the third most fantasy points in slot wide receivers and he's coming off a three touchdown game uh i got mike williams at 19 against tennessee this is a great matchup on the outside for him he returned to a a near full-time role last week he didn't come back to like a, a uh, absolute full participation. I'm expecting that to go up this week. He, he didn't leave the game with anything aggravated. That right <laughs> that ankle sprain seemed to be, you know, intact. So, oh, I mean, the ankle itself seems to be intact, Yeah, which is good news. So hopefully he'll come back in this game and, and have a big week.
1: That's the bar that he's been needing to clear these past few weeks, you know, and just pretty much this whole season. You know, he's been in and out of the lineup a little bit, but Mike Williams when he's on the field, especially with Keenan Allen there, obviously we got one of, a look at him for like two or three plays the other night uh the other week on Sunday night football right Uh that was against or whoever it was but Josh Palmer I mean, had that big game he was on yeah he was on the field for one game caught one pass and he was out but we saw it last week what they can do oh you're talking about you're talking
0: about the Chiefs game the Chiefs yeah, game yeah, when Mike yeah, Williams sorry. yeah 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 right mm-hmm. right so
1: we saw him for we saw the full compliment for three plays before last week you know and um it looks really good Mike Williams I'm not worried about him I do think Keenan Allen has a safer floor because we talked about his target share is just It's going to be higher. That's the way it's going to be. Justin uh, Herbert has a good connection with Keenan Allen. And it's not to say his connection with Mike Williams is bad either, but Mike Williams is more of the big play threat. And you really play him for upside. That's why you have him ranked here. It's a little bit conservative. I think that this ceiling far outweighs where we have him ranked right now. But, um, you know, you're just not sure. Like you said, that route participation has to go up. If it goes back up to that full route participation, do you think we'll be having him uh, ranked more towards the top fifteen? Like we had him it, earlier, it depends.
0: it depends. because we need more of a sample size of what this target share looks like with both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field at the same time, right? We right. had him much higher when he was healthy, but you know that was without Keenan Allen. So with Keenan Allen now, the targets might go down, and he might become a little bit more touchdown dependent, like he was last week.
1: You have to figure that with Justin Herbert at quarterback, that he could easily support two wide receiver ones in a week. I think. Agreed, Agreed.
0: Uh, but tell that to Mike Williams' managers over the last like <laughs> two two seasons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like we have yes, a we have a huge true. sample size of Mike Williams being completely up and down, completely boom bust, you know, when Keenan Allen's on the field. Yeah. The that's, anti- that's my Keenan only Allen. concern.
1: Keenan Allen's just <laughs> like the you solid know what, thing. Though,
0: this week though, you know, I like Mike Williams matchup more than Keenan Allen's, but I would still expect Keenan Allen to get more most of the targets. Um, right. but I think you know on the outside, you know, we talked about it, Tennessee's defense is is not good. So they can definitely get it done. We saw, you know, these these wide receivers on the outside last week do their thing. So um, let's see. I really like Michael Pittman this week against Minnesota. He runs most of his perimeter routes on the left side. And Minnesota has given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers who line up on the left perimeter over the last eight weeks. And we saw last week DJ Shark on that left side against Minnesota getting that long touchdown right Uh, Paris Campbell has the next best matchup out of the slot between him and Alec Pierce if you're trying to figure out between those two Uh, so it's really that left side and the slot where they've been vulnerable and Pittman runs a combined 65 percent of his routes from those two spots so I'm expecting a good game from him on Sunday
1: yeah and (laughs) for me it comes down to you know who are they playing Minnesota okay him. you know exactly. Obviously, this, this defense has just been bad against the pass. and michael, michael pittman he, he's he been pretty quiet the past few weeks but i think that he can get things done you know obviously in, in a plus matchup this week he hasn't had good matchups for a couple weeks i don't think right i, I think he's had no a not tough really stretch. yeah he's and then had he, tough matchups they're coming off by they should have had a chance to adjust um you know we'll see how this stretch of games goes at the end for jeff saturday we'll see what kind of adjustments he makes you know and whether he might be able to hold on to that job might come down to how this team performs. And Michael Pittman would have to be a big part of that for them to be scoring and keeping up with Minnesota. So I think they, they're definitely capable of doing it. Um, we just have to see it happen.
0: I have no idea if T. Higgins is playing this week. Right? He's been limited. Yeah, I don't either. But let's see what his practice reports are for the rest of the week. If he gets a full practice, I think I'll be moving him up uh, to maybe ahead of Chris Godwin maybe at 14, something around there. But for now... Assuming that he's going to be limited all week, I'm not going to trust him, uh, especially over a lot of these guys. So I'm drawing the line here and leaving him at 21 for now ahead of Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Now, if Uh, he has full practices, you know, let's say he gets a full practice today. Today's Thursday. And then he gets another full practice tomorrow on Friday. Are you a lot more confident in Higgins this weekend?
1: Yeah. If he gets a full practice, practice definitely i mean of course i'd be confident then at that point but it's just limited that that limited tag that makes you of course you know hesitant to put him any higher than we have him at 21 and it feels weird
0: especially after this past sunday what
1: happened (laughs) yeah 100% that it came out of the blue you know it's like one of those trust breakers immediately you're not sure where you're going to get with him but he did practice today i think sleeper has a report out it doesn't say whether it was limited or full but he did practice again today Yeah, we'll get
0: that practice report a little bit later yeah i guess
1: i guess you can say it's a good thing um I don't know if he's going to play. I hope he plays. But if he doesn't, you know, Jamar Chase, its not whether he plays or not, you're not going to affect Jamar Chase. The only thing that would be affected by T. Higgins playing would be T. Higgins. So I I think that you can start him if he does play. That's what I would do. I I think that having him at 21 kind of takes into account. It's baked in, you know, the risk that you have with him. But I think his upside is pretty high, just as long as he plays. 100%. That's all you need to rely on.
0: Even if he gets a full practice on Friday, I'll move him up. About six, seven spots, I would say. Um, McLaurin had a good game against the Giants before the bye. I have him at 22. Uh, he went eight for 105 and a touchdown. That was his best fantasy output of the season. And we talked about how good of a matchup that was for him You know, before that game uh, in week, what was it, week 13? I think it was. Yes. So, you know, fire him up as a low-end wide receiver too this week. Um, Devontae Smith at 23. Solid matchup like I talked about before. Uh, you know, just keep in mind this might be a Miles Sanders game. Uh, Juju at 24 against Houston, not the best matchup in the world, but he still got it done last week against Denver. So, you know, (laughs) like if he can get it done against Denver, he can potentially get it done against Houston too.
1: It is Patrick Mahomes too. And obviously no quarterback is like, you know, I guess I guess you could say maybe Patrick Mahomes is matchup proof, but this season the Texas defense has been pretty good against receivers and quarterbacks. The run game is where they've been, you know, blown up. And we've seen that week in, week out. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster had a good matchup, like you said, against Denver last week. So I think that they're definitely capable of getting it done, but I'm still tempering expectations with him, especially with guys like Devontae Smith, like you said, up above him. Terry McLaurin, um, I-, I think this could be you know, a repeat matchup of what we saw in week 13, like you said, because not much has changed with the Giants. And obviously Terry McLaurin and the commanders have been on by. So it's going to be pretty much just a grudge match of doing it again. I can see Terry McLaurin doing his thing um this feels a little bit maybe low i think terry McLaurin's upside is much higher than 22. you know i think i'm gonna play josh palmer over juju actually
0: (laughs) you know juju you know he's going up against desmond king and that that kind of worries me just a little bit i really like josh palmer this week you know he had a relatively quiet game last week but like i said before you know i really like this matchup on the outside against tennessee The Titans are giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks and the second most over the last eight weeks. And even though Mike Williams was back last week, Palmer ran a route on 81% of dropbacks and he ran routes from the perimeter at a 70% rate. So I'm firing him up this week. I understand Mike Williams is back, but I, I think Josh Palmer has a high ceiling and I think he has a good game this week.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Even with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen in the lineup, he still got six targets last week. And he's still like he's a big play threat. Like he kind of took over that role for Mike Williams in this couple of weeks where he was out with Keenan Allen, you know, back on the fold. So I wouldn't count Josh Palmer out. I think any of these guys are liable to go off. It's funny, we've seen Josh Palmer do this before, too. It's not just this, you know, this season. He's been around and he's been doing his thing. So if Mike Williams is quiet or if he's limited at all, you know, we'll see if he gets back up to that route participation. Um, obviously when they play, but if he's limited at all, Josh Palmer could be the beneficiary here. Um, all it takes is him to get a couple more targets, a couple targets like he has, like he has gotten, and he can do plenty with it. You know, it's just, he happens to be buried behind two very good talents in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams.
0: I got Jalen Waddle at 26. Uh, you know, this is just, it's hard to trust, you know, in that rough weather game in Buffalo. And, and on top of that, like, like you mentioned earlier, right, it's not just because of that. He hasn't really shown that ceiling lately. Right. right, so I'm I'm okay trying to find alternatives for him. That's why I have him down here as like a high wide receiver three.
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense to have him. Mean, this is I think this is a floor ranking. Obviously, he's been super yeah. quiet, but we've seen when Tua is in trouble, he isn't really looking for Jalen Waddle. He's looking for Tyree Hill. Um, Tyree Hill is definitely, I think, still the better better receiver overall. He's just different. Jalen Waddle is very fast too, but he's just not on the level of Tyree Hill. And just the way that we've seen Tua play recently, like I said, if he's going to look for someone when he's in trouble, which he has been the past few weeks, it's been Tyreek Hill. Um, you can't really trust Jalen Waddle, especially with the weather, the way it's going to be. I just, like I said, I see the Dolphins going out and just flopping around, you know, on the <laughs> snow. That's what's going to happen. I don't think, think it would be a very good game offensively for them. I think it would be pretty uh, frustrating for them. Um, it's a Saturday night game, right? Yeah, it's Saturday night I think night so, game. yeah um i could see them just going out flopping around and just having a a rough go of it um in the snow so like i said part of that is also because you know they're a warm weather team they play down in miami so (laughs) they're used to the warm weather i did did you see mike mcdaniel's wearing a shirt at practice that says i wish it was colder or something like that (laughs) that's gonna look hilarious because i like i said i don't see a very good outing for this team um offensively this week. Jalen Waddle, I think it seems a little drastic to have him at twenty-six, but this could very well be where he finishes. Um I think this is right about where he it's well within his range of finishes where you're not going to say, oh, it's an outlier if he finishes at 26.
0: I got Amari Cooper at 27 and this might be way too low. Uh you know Baltimore has actually allowed the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. So they kind of regress a little bit. But, you know, we just haven't seen that Cooper-Watson connection yet, right? That's my only concern. Like, it's going to hit at some point because I think Deshaun's a good quarterback. Amari Cooper's obviously a very good wide receiver. I just don't know when it's going to happen. And I think if you need to chase a ceiling, I think Cooper is a good ceiling chaser play this week because we know he has that ceiling in him. You know, I would call him a boom-bust play. Like, that's what he is right now.
1: Yeah, that's... What he is right now, and that's it. He's been a floor play, not even a floor play. He's just been hitting the floor, you know, a couple times <laughs> these past few weeks since De- since Deshaun Watson has come back. Um, I- I'm I've showered a lot on Amari Cooper. I was very big on Amari Cooper, you know, earlier in the season with Jacoby Brissett, quarterback, and I was talking about it like, oh, Deshaun Watson can come back, It's going to be better. Now, Diamond Peoples Jones looks like he's the guy right now. Uh, he had a career Watson. game last week. Yeah, so I don't think you can. You don't want to undervalue that because if Deshaun Watson is going to come in, and who does it look like he has a connection with most right now is Donovan Peoples Jones. You can't undervalue that. Um, Amari Cooper is a better receiver, I think, and I think it's not very close. Amari Cooper is a much better receiver than Donovan Peoples Jones, but until Deshaun Watson starts clicking with them, you know, it's it's just not going to be a very good uh, season for Amari Cooper. And I think that this season, it might be a little uh, over dramatic to say it, but I think that. We might have seen the best from Mari Cooper this season, and don't say it. might say it ain't might, so, Zach. Yeah, well, say it ain't so. I wish this wasn't the case, but I think it might take until next season. It might take a whole off season before they start showing any type of connection and fantasy relevance um, for Mario Cooper. So, I'm not shutting him down. I'm still starting him if I have him, but I'm not going in with high expectations the rest of the way.
0: I hear you, and I have diamond Peoples Jones down here at at thirty. So I am playing Cooper above dpj but maybe dpj's is, <laughs> has a higher floor than amari at this point uh but yep. yeah I'm, I'm still playing amari cooper over him barely i got mm-hmm. brandon ayuk at 28 against seattle uh you know i don't know if i trust ba- brock purdy to get it to ayuk you know especially against the defense i don't giving up giving up the <laughs> third least uh third least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks they're just stout against wide receivers and you know even with debo out like, I don't know if Ayuk has that much of a ceiling this week.
1: No. And I said, I don't trust him to get the ball to Ayuk either. Even with Debo out. And even with that touchdown pass that Purdy had to Brand Ayuk last week. All of his production came on that play pretty much. <laughs> you know, right. outside of that, he had three targets. He had two catches. Brock Purdy's not looking for him. And why would you when you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey in the backfield? who You can throw to right. 10 times a game and just hand the Christian ball off to him many times a day.
0: Christian McCaffrey might get like 30 touches tonight.
1: Yeah. I can see and it. It's very possible. So with Brendan Ayuk, Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw this um, early in the season. You know, he started looking Brendan Ayuk's way and then he didn't stop. He had a high target share um, the few weeks before this. But now he's back down and it's come down to the quarterback changes that really have dictated Ayuk's performance and if things aren't looking good. And like you said, the matchup isn't anything to behold either. So I would say you you could get away with benching Brent Knight this week. I'd be surprised if he has a good night. There you go.
0: i got Marquise Brown at 29 and Diamond Peoples-Jones, like I said, at 30. Uh, if you want the rest of the wide receiver rankings, you can check out our Patreon page. Uh, it's linked in the description of wherever you're watching or listening. Uh, but we'll have that up later today before Thursday Night Football. And we'll also have the rest of the positions and flex rankings as well. Uh, Let's move the tight ends. Kelsey at number one, Mark Andrews at number two with Tyler Huntley, by the way, practicing in full so far this week on Wednesday, he practiced in full. So that's a great sign that he's going to be good to play. Uh, Dalton Schultz at three, two games in a row at full route participation. Uh, That's awesome. That's what you want to see. Great matchup as well. TJ Hawkinson at four George Kittle tonight at five uh, in a great matchup. Hopefully Purdy can find them. But I'm looking at David Njoku at six against Baltimore. You know, he was back last week with 90% rap participation. That was awesome to see. There's definitely an argument for Njoku over
1: Kittle. I think think you think we should make that change? Yeah, I think we do. Uh, I think it's warranted because we saw, even we just talked about Don Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper. He's looked, Deshaun Watson was looking for Don Peoples-Jones, but David Njoku's also getting looks in the passing game. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't he out-target Amari Cooper? Is that true? He did. Yeah, so who who could blame him? You know, David Njoku, David Njoku is just a freak. But, um, you know, I, I think that having him at five over George Kittle with a quarterback situation, and, you know, it's Brock Purdy, and obviously we hope he does well, but there's no guarantee this is his second career start. Uh, I think it makes sense to put David Njoku over him at five.
0: Amari Cooper seems to me like a great uh, tournament GP, uh, GPP DFS play this week. Yeah, it, 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 he, he, could he be. does Like he he can put up two touchdowns pretty easily. Um, you know, like in terms of like him, his ceiling is going to be there regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, yeah, it seems like people are going to be off of him this week. Yeah. All right, let's see. Especially if they're uh, listening to this we'll, podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Okay, let's go contrarian. Let's go, Mari Cooper. Um, Gerald Everett in a good matchup uh, against Tennessee at seven, followed by Greg Dulcich at eight in a great matchup against Arizona. It seems like Russell Wilson. Is progressing through the protocol in a way that he will play this week. Uh, just monitor that, though. I have Okonko at nine because Traylon Burks is not progressing the way that we'd want him to in order to, for him to play this week. So it looks like right. Burks might not play. So if that's the case, Okonko again, you know, even though he's sharing that route, route participation with Hooper, it looks like they're targeting him. He looks like a freak though, and he's gonna yeah. he's gonna produce if he's getting looks.
1: I'm okay with starting Okonko. Even I think even if Traylon Burks plays, because he looks like a dynamic, you know, receiving player and in the Titans offense that needs that type of player. I mean, obviously Traylon Burks, if he plays, they have one. But if you can get two with Chagosy McConquo there, I think he's worlds better in terms of his talent than Austin Hooper. You know, there's not really anybody else that scares me to take away the targets. They've been looking his way these past few weeks. I think he's carved himself out a role that's going to continue regardless of whether Traylon Burks plays or not. It's for me, but the way the tight end landscape is. And the talent that Jagozi McConkwo has, I think, regardless of whether Traylon Burks plays or not, I'm starting him for the upside. I'm with you.
0: Uh, I, and I got Brad Firemuth at ten, man. Like, you know, he has a foot injury apparently now, and you know, his rap participation has been around fifty percent each of the last two weeks. It's not what you want to see, man. It's not what you want to see. No. And with, with the with the quarterback issues, like, I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like. Uh, I'm, you know, Firemuth is a decent start. You know, the, the matchup is okay, but. You know, he, he's a tight end one. That's pretty much it. That's how I would leave it at, at this yeah. point. Because we're entering the rap
1: shoot range. Now yeah, you're going to ten. If Farimo's
0: route participation was what it was like before the last two weeks, like sure. Like yeah. start him as like a top six, seven tight end, but not right now. Um Cole commit at eleven against Philly. Re, you know, he would be higher if this was if this wasn't such a tough matchup for tight ends. Yeah. Um, same thing with Evan Ingram, right? He had, a, he had a sick day last week, but you know, he was like the tight end, like 30 something. And then he went all the way up to like the tight end three on the year, <laughs> something yeah. crazy like that with that one game. Uh, but Dallas is also one of the toughest matchup for tight ends. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you don't like over, you know, overvalue what he did last week, um, right. against the Lions.
1: Dallas defense is tough. I'll give you that. But I think that if anybody's going to have success against the Cowboys, it would be the receivers. So I think having him here at 12, you know, a lot of people probably going to be like, but for us he had 40 points last week and Trevor Lawrence looks good. Like, no, Uh, I think you kind of have to temper expectations with him this week. Um, I don't think it's going to be a high, high scoring game, but I don't think it's going to be a low scoring game either. Evan Ingram, you know, it was a high scoring game last week. He scored two touchdowns. I'm not expecting anything really close to that. I wouldn't be surprised if he went seven for 50 uh, this week, right back where he – kind of settled the weeks prior.
0: And then I got Tyler Conklin at 13 against Detroit. Decent matchup there. Tyler Higby, who's like, who was back to a near route full of participation last week. Just didn't get the targets. Um, Hunter Henry against Vegas. Um, you know, keep in mind, look at whether Jacoby Myers is going to play or not, but this is a decent matchup for him. Foster Moreau. I have met 16 here. There is a possibility that Darren Waller is back this week. So if Darren right. Waller is back, obviously don't play Foster Moreau. If if he's back, I would probably, I wouldn't even rank Waller that high. To be honest with you, I would. I'm probably gonna. I would probably end up putting Waller like ahead of like Tyler Conklin. Like that's kind of where yeah. I'm at with Waller. Even, Is that, does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. I've been a frequent Waller drafter the past few seasons, and even when Waller plays, Foster Murrow gets on the field, and Darren Waller's no sure thing anymore. He had that one season where he was excellent but now he's just kind of falling off. He's not very consistent at all. We haven't seen much of a sample size at all with him having Devonte Adams on the field. Obviously, he's able to get it done the first two weeks, but then he kind of quieted down. I'm not sure if I would consider starting Darren Waller um, until we know he's for sure healthy because he's probably going to come back and be limited in some fashion this week if he does play. So I would just kind of leave him on the bench for now and maybe you throw him in next week if you need the upside at the tight end position, because there's not much else outside of uh, the top guys like we talk about. Jordan
0: in the chat, you know, Foster Moreau did put up that donut last week, so Foster Zero. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Dawson Knox at 17. I know he had a couple of decent games, uh, but you know, they're they're going up against Miami in that what seems like a bad weather game. I still don't trust Knox that much. Uh, Austin Hooper had a decent week last week and he's getting targeted as well, you know, with Traylon Burks potentially out again; he becomes, you know, in streaming consideration. I might actually play Austin Hooper over Frost and Moreau. So if you move him up a little bit, maybe to sixteen, yeah. so something like that, and then Taysom Hill at nineteen, Noah Fan at twenty, and that's gonna do it. Any anything else with these last tight ends, or are, are we all set?
1: Just Taysom Hill making an appearance again, just because we know what he can do. Because he's not used in a tight end fashion. Um, They're coming I, out to think- buy. You
0: know, they could put a few wrinkles in there, had some extra time to put some wrinkles in there. That's all.
1: I I think you could get away with playing him just because of that. You know, any week. If you don't have one of the top guys, Taysom Hill is just a dart throw every single week, and he could, you know, put up like 20 points because sometimes it's just a Taysom Hill day, you know. And I might take my chances on that over a guy like Dawson Knox. You know, Dawson Knox, yes, he'll be running some routes, but Taysom Hill has much more unique usage and a higher upside than Dawson Knox at this point.
0: Uh, Jordan is on fire today. Um, h- how about Driscoll, he's asking. It's a good point. On some platforms, not Sleeper, uh, Jeff Driscoll is listed as a tight end. He's dual eligible as a quarterback and a tight end. So, yes, I think it, it, it makes a lot of sense for uh, him, to be, him to be there, I would say. Um, yeah. You know, if, if you don't have one of these top guys, I would say, you know, after Tyler Conklin, I think that's where I would put him, somewhere around there. Um, because we don't know what it's going to look like. Driscoll only came in on in specific situations.
1: So that's kind of how I would play it. This was the first week with Jeff Driscoll where we actually saw him used. <laughs> I was infuriated because, like I said, I'm a Cowboys fan. And boy, I would have been mad if we lost to the platoon quarterback situation of Jeff Driscoll <laughs> and Davis Mills. They used him pretty much as a rusher. It was, it was like the Taysom Hill role. So I guess, yes, you could say something like that. He did throw a touchdown. But before this, we hadn't seen him much on field. I'm not sure if they employed that again.
0: Juwan Johnson seems to be back. Uh he did return to practice yesterday. So good call, Daniel. Uh if he if if he is back, I would put Juwan Johnson above I would say put him above Tyler Conklin, somewhere around there. Between between maybe right after T- Conklin, 13 14ish. That's where I will put him. Conklin seems
1: Johnson. to be that border that you keep exactly. Hitting, you know what I'm saying? Say so yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly.
0: All right. That'll do it, guys. Uh appreciate you. Good luck. Tonight, fantasy football playoffs officially starting tonight. Uh, good luck, you know. Hope you guys get you know whoever your players are. Hope they kill it uh, throughout this weekend. Tomorrow, uh, we're going to be doing our uh, Q and A, fantasy Q and A. So if you have any questions, make sure to join the podcast. I think we're going to do it at nine a.m. tomorrow Eastern Time. So that might be a little early for a lot of people, uh, but we're going to see. I got a couple sick kids at home, yeah. so I have no idea what it's going to look like tomorrow. Uh, but I'll keep you guys updated on my Instagram story. Uh, but we should have a podcast tomorrow. Maybe we'll do some underdog stuff. um, And yeah, answer some last minute questions. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys.
1: And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.